everyone, and welcome back to Purple Noon, a podcast. I am Stephanie Conti, and I am here with the Susie to my goblin? Witch? <laughs> Don't know. Savannah Lanalse. Thanks. <laughs> How you doing, Savannah? Peachy. I'm doing good. You know, you and I have been battling our own little health myriad of issues, but uh, we're we're getting on the good side. I think we're we're finally seeing green, don't you think? Hot girls have tummy issues, and just liver issues, and dairy issues, and just health issues in general. Yeah, yeah. I I never seen two pretty best friends that did not have severely compromised immune systems. (laughs) Uh, but okay so we definitely have been a little bit lighter on posting and things like that between school and like I said our own myriad of health issues <laughs> I'm a little silly celiac as my father calls me and, and sadly Savannah has had to temp- hopefully temporarily part ways with dairy yep how's I that journey going for you it's technically genetic but I also think I did it to myself because during the pandemic I had an iced white mocha or a caramel iced latte every day from Dunkin' or Starbucks. Oh, when and the I mean, minute you took that out of the equation, you just your your body became a barren wasteland of dairy. Yeah, so I'm hoping maybe it's just temporary, but it's also genetic, so this could be for the long run, guys. I'll keep oh, like half of our family struggles with dairy. I don't know yeah. what is it with us. <laughs> It's so, so, such a weird thing because that side of the family is Spanish. So I, I've yeah. never really met like dairy and spa- like dairy issues within Hispanic people, except in our entire lineage, really. <laughs> Two, uh, yeah, all of my dad's siblings are lactose. Um, well, Most of their kids. Yeah. Most the of their Italians kids are lactose. are just anemic. So we got oh, yeah. as well. <laughs> I don't know. No dairy and low iron consistently. <laughs> That's the way to live. <laughs> yeah, Crazy. Just, yeah. But we're so, getting you know. through. We're pulling through on the other side. Luckily, it's nothing too, too serious or anything like that. Nothing to stop us from making podcast episodes. Except what? Last week or two weeks ago when we did miss one? That's okay, though. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But um, so as of lately, like, what have you been watching? What have you been into? Um, I started Squid Game. Really crazy. I've heard a lot of things about it. I have not seen it yet because I made the executive decision to start The Sopranos. Oh, I love I'm really Sopranos. late to it because I I was like, let me at least watch the first episode before um the the new movie comes out, and I still haven't finished the first episode. It's oh, good, I but need, I haven't I been to able to finish about it the yet. Movie. I'm not going to spoil it, but I need to talk about the movie. I saw it yesterday, and I really loved it. But I have to put a disclaimer. It's not a spoiler. It's a disclaimer. I think many people are going to be disappointed because the story isn't about Tony. Ah. You're, where the story is mostly about uh, Dickie Maltesanti, who is the character Christopher's father and basically what transpired. Because in the show, um, he's dead. He's not in the show. So it's basically what transpired before his death. I think it's a great story. I really like how they did it. Um, but if you're looking for like Tony, it's he's not the main character. Yeah. But I thought it was fantastic. Well, and also like if, you know, I, I feel like maybe it might not be so common to others, but maybe some Italians would be able to figure out that um, the many saints of Newark, Multisanti is actually, that means many saints. Yeah. So that was kind of, I mean, they were kind of like saying it from the get-go, but I will say the trailer did heavily focus on Tony Soprano, though. I think it was a little misleading advertisement. Well, like, is he in, like, at least half of the movie? Um, so, Tony is a child, and then you see him as a teenager. Yeah. So, he's in a lot of scenes, but they're very, um, quick. Ah, really oh, man, they the really, they really played you. But it's still good, and I, I don't want to spoil anything, but it does have to do with what Tony ends up becoming indirectly. Now, for someone who hasn't seen The Sopranos, could you recommend watching this as a prequel to The Sopranos? Or is it kind of like you're not going to get it unless you know the show? So one of the things you probably won't get is when you see a lot of the characters that are younger, 
it's really cool as someone as a fan of the show to be like, oh, there's Pauly, oh, there's Silvio. So you're going to miss that. And you're not going to understand a lot of all of the connections, but you could watch it as a prequel. Okay. Because it's not like you're going to be completely lost. It's still an introduction to characters. And it's not like it spoils the ending of the show, right? Oh, actually, don't watch it. Really? Okay. It does, it does spoil a few things. Very okay. minor things, but a few things. If you're starting to watch it now, you're going to find out who's kind of dead in The Sopranos. Gotcha. Because they do spoil some deaths. Um, that take place in the show at least one I know for sure okay okay that makes okay that makes sense oh dang now we gotta put it off for longer now I gotta go through 86 hours it's literally 86 hours I gotta go through 86 hours to watch (laughs) another hour and a half and complete it I'm telling you because I just realized the narrator of this movie is dead oh it's not Tony it's not Tony before anybody gets mad at me narrator's not Tony but the character that is narrating the movie is dead, and that's the first thing you find out. Gotcha. Well, I'm letting you know right now, I probably won't get to this movie till a year from now, no just worries. because the stipulation is that I go, if I want to watch The Sopranos to kind of prevent me from being on like the bed or the couch too often, I've told myself I can only watch The Sopranos while I'm on the treadmill. So we'll see if I become a skinny legend because of this of this it's narrative. Long, it's a or, long series. Or if I never get to the series. It's only two things are going to happen. Or, you know, one of two options are going to happen. You got to watch it. It's a very, like, it's probably one of the best shows. I've heard a lot about it. I've heard, like, obviously, you know, grew, growing up as a, you know, New York Italian, you know, I it was it's a, a prere- you know. It's a prerequisite. Yeah, of course. Like, and so many people are like, how have you not seen it? I'm like, dude, I was six when it came out. <laughs> like, no, I understand. Um, I, when you go, when I went back home to New Jersey, it's really funny because it's almost like just our national anthem. I don't think we have a lot of things to be proud about. So we get the Sopranos. <laughs> people are still like quoting a lot of Sopranos. I, my friend's boyfriend quoted Sopranos to me. He's around our age. And I'm like, oh, Okay. Also, my whole neighborhood was Italians. So yeah. it I don't know. It he's just like a I will say a big red flag in a human is if they really like man, woman in between, they, them, whatever, if they try to emulate someone from the Sopranos. No, yeah. That is no. a red flag because I have many family members who I will not say names. Um, who really try and like, cause keep in mind, like they come from either, you know, Staten Island, New Jersey or parts of New York and stuff. So they do have the accent. But when I tell you, they love to dial that up to a size 10 just to be able to, you know, feel like they're in a movie, you know, the Sopranos. They it's just like how I go, like how I changed my dialect from coffee to coffee just cause, just cause I never said coffee growing up. Maybe I did, but I, I didn't drink coffee as a kid, but now as I got older, I was like, oh, yeah, I got to let some people know I'm Italian because they might, might not figure it out. So I just changed the coffee to coffee. That's it. Just, just do my accent. Yeah, that's all. We can have I, the same I, I will say I only started <gasps> – dude, I don't know if I, I – like, you can pull off that accent. I think I would sound crazy. Why? You I look don't know. more Italian than I do. I what? You look more Italian than I do. Because I'm pale. That's it. (laughs) That's it. That's the only reason why. Because I don't go in the sun. And it's funny because I get more crap from my Italian family than I do from my Spanish family about being so pale. Well, that's just racism. (laughs) (laughs) But you've seen like my Italian grandmother. She's dark. She because she she sits in the sun for like three hours every day. That's good for her. her. She's got color. She's, she's all the colors. Are you kidding me? She's like, she's always like, she'll go outside for like an hour and she comes back three shades darker. I don't know how she does it. Just years and years of practice, you know? I mean, I commend her for it, but geez, let me live my pale (laughs) self. Let me live in pale peace. You are going to age beautifully. You're going to age. You're not going to age. Yeah, because I don't want to look like a little piece of tanning leather, you know? (laughs) I'd rather look like porcelain. 
That's just me, though. Yeah, I, we have a lot of family members that like tan or love fake tanning and stuff. It's just never, it was never for me. You know, nothing against tan skin. It's just, I'm cool with my skin tone. You I'm, I look at I'm like, skin. yeah, you know, that's good. No, you have very pretty skin. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. And so while, and I already have a myriad of health issues. I do not need to add, you know, <laughs> you know, basal cell sarcoma to the picture. So <laughs> um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I've been watching besides Sopranos. I just watch a lot of YouTube. I always watch YouTube because it's so easy to get into. I have an addictive personality. So whenever I um, like watch something, I tend to like really see through it. Um, at least most of the time, or if not, I have to like dial back from it. Hence why I haven't gotten too far into right. Twin Peaks still. Sorry, Eric, if you're listening, I promise I will get to Twin Peaks. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's because if not, I'll be like, oh yeah. And I'll ignore all my exams and my homework and I'll just do like, yeah, I feel that, you know, five, five hour episodes of <laughs> Twin Peaks just cause, um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I so the recently just what I saw, I saw Shang-Chi in theaters. That was great. I enjoyed it. Fun. And yeah, it was really good. It was really good. And I'm trying to think of a movie I want to see soon. There are a lot of movies I want to so, see soon. Uh James Bond's coming out. That's gonna be good. Um Dune. Yes. I don't know what Dune's about. I had I had Zach explain it to me <laughs> and I got it a little bit more, but I don't understand. I watched the trailer a few times and one day I was just like what is the plot? What is the plot? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, it's a lot. I feel like it's just going to be one of those things where, and also keep in mind, like it's a, it's, it's a long book. Like this movie is probably only going to cover like maybe 200 pages out of the 600 or something like that. Just cause it's just going to be too, too crazy to put in everything within well, the book. at books. that point, why wouldn't they just make a series? That's a good point. That's a very, very good point. And I don't know. Maybe more expensive, I imagine. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe so. I know they're going to do other movies, though. I know that they have more movies lined up for it, too. Um, Ooh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So I definitely... I have a feeling it's probably going to be three movies. Okay. I have a feeling... I just feel like they're trying to go with a trilogy and things like that. Um, Oh, I got partial movie news. And I, I think the reason why I was so shocked about it was because... I thought I would have heard stuff about it because I'm reading. Um, okay. I f- I'm finally reading Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the book version. So, oh my gosh, you got to tell me if you like it or not. I- I'm liking it so far. I'm only on like the third chapter, but I'm liking it so far. It's because I was like, oh, I'm going to read it after I finish this Jim Morrison book I'm reading. This Jim Morrison book is so heavy. I realized <laughs> I couldn't lift it up in bed while I was reading it because it weighs like 15 pounds. So I got so frustrated. I was like, screw <laughs> it. I'm going to finish that another year. So I just jumped into Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But on that topic, um, you know, because I like Sharon Tate. I follow some Sharon Tate pages and stuff like that. Okay. Um, would you believe that Tex is going to get paroled? What do you mean? He's getting out? Yeah. Like majority of the Manson victims within the next year are being released. Or not Manson victims, Manson, like members. For what? Just because it's the end of their sentence. How long were they, 50 years? I think so. I think so. So, like, um, it was uh, – let me pull it up because, I, like I said, I follow, like, a Sharon Tate, you know, thing. And it, there's a new website called No Parole for the Manson Family. And essentially, like, all of them are facing parole. Dude, how do you only get 50 years for that? Yeah. It is it, – it's crazy. I think it's also because in um, – California there it's I think death penalty is a harder to come around thing so they just gave them like a I, I don't know it's but just it's so life. weird they didn't even give them life like I understand death because I know I know California is not like that but they should have gotten at least like life sentence for yeah and apparently on did. the 15th there is a hearing for um text text specifically and it's all started by Deborah Tate Sharon Tate's sister Oh, God. Yeah, because, like, a lot of them, a lot of them are about to be paroled or have the opportunity to possibly get parole after all these years. So there's one, two, three, four, five members of the Manson family 
who are uh-huh. have the possibility of getting parole. That is horrible. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Nightmare. And like even with like, you know, um it's just so crazy because even with you know the hollywood representation of even the character like tex um and you know it's just even though it was more like a fictionalized version like he still committed those crimes and i'm so surprised that like you know the people who worked on that movie are not bringing this up i don't know that's a really good point um i mean maybe I mean, I'll I'll give people the benefit of the doubt. Maybe nobody really knows. Because think about it. Well, they probably have more insight than we do. Why would we go looking up that information unless, like you said, it popped up for you. Um, But if they do know, I'm not really sure. It seems like something plausible to do, you know? Like, oh, keep that guy in jail. Yeah, it, it's just crazy at the fact that they're even facing a possibility of and like in this petition, like like I said, if you go on, um, it's made by Sharon Tate Sisters, no parole for mansonfamily.com, you'll see all the people. And when you click on each image, it comes up their change.org petition. And those luckily, the petitions and stuff have been gathering, but it literally says like the crimes that they committed and all of them killed or all of them were a part of killing, whether they stabbed, whether they did something, you know, they were all part like it even has like quotes of what they said, like while they were facing, you know, like text in the movie, they mentioned that he he essentially said, like, I'm the devil here to do the devil's work. That was something that was said, you know, like it's really it's really crazy that they would even consider giving any of these members parole that's horrible no it is um i know that from and this is just from uh i think it was mine hunters because i think it was partly true that tex apparently believes that he's like a saved christian after what he's done and like i understand yes drugs play a role in it blah 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 but what he did was horrific even if he is a christian that doesn't excuse like you have to there are consequences (laughs) Just because you might be a better person now, which I don't know. I think sometimes I'm not, I don't obviously know text, but I think sometimes people pretend to be things to make themselves look better. Yeah. And and I think too, I think also guilt, you know, guilt's a huge thing. I know like even Dahmer at some point was like claiming to be a, a Christian, you know, while in jail after yeah, eating I, people. I mean, <laughs> Jesus. But it's it's not like, oh, he just went in and, like, shot and killed, and they were dead on sight. No, like, he tortured these people for hours. That's what I'm saying. I think regardless of what they claim, okay, let's just say he really is a Christian and stuff, you still got to go to jail. You still have to probably die in jail. That's yeah. And I think the also the way. reason why, because if you consider, how did Charles Manson get a longer sentence than them? Even though he died, he was still given a longer sentence. And I think that is because he um, was, he was, uh, essentially he was uh, charged for like corroborating the whole murder and everything and planning it and giving all these people drugs and stuff like that to kind of set forth the plan. But it's still crazy. I, I just like, as soon as I saw it, I was like, what? And the fact that it's like even the most notable one, you know, Tex, compared to Manson, Tex is the most notable one that he's even being considered of being paroled. It's just insane. I don't know how none of these people got life sentences. You know, I don't know. Maybe it was just like the time. Maybe life sentences weren't just a thing. Maybe they, I I just don't know. Because like, I don't know how they were really, really young when they went to jail. So in their twenties. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. 50 years. Like they had a, Maybe they didn't think they'd live that long with all the drugs, maybe. But they had a pretty good chance of being alive. Some of them were, like, 20 or 19. So my thing is, at that point, like, okay, like, these are not 40-year-old people. They're probably going to outlive that sentence. So, I don't know. I hope that's not – I hope he doesn't get out. It's just crazy. But if you agree with us, uh, it is – once again, the website is – no parole for mansonfamily.com if you want to sign the positions. It doesn't cost anything. It's all through change.org. And the entire page and petitions are all um, ran by um, Sharon Tate's own sister. So there's that. 
Um, but yeah, I just saw that. I was, I thought it was so crazy, you know? Yeah, I agree. So, so crazy. Um, but anyways, let's get into slightly less craziness, but still kind of craziness. It's just fake craziness. That is the movie Suspiria. So we're going to be talking about the 1977 version, not the newer version. And, um, I haven't seen the newer version, so I personally won't be making any comparisons. However, Savannah might bring insight to that. But essentially, the 1977 version was uh, directed and written by Dario Argento, an Italian director. And it's about an American newcomer goes to a prestigious German ballet academy and realizes that the school is a front for something sinister in a mid of series of, of, of grisly murders. And it stars Jessica Harper as Susie, Stefania Cassini, Flavio Bucci, Miguel Bose, and Barbara Magnolfi, and a bunch of other different smaller characters. Oh my god, I didn't even realize this. Udo Kier was apparently the doctor. Do you know who Udo Kier is, Savannah? No, who's that? Udo Kier is the same Udo Kier that's in Riget. We get <laughs> the man baby. <laughs> Ew, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the that man show baby. Just follows us everywhere. Yeah, he plays the. I, I just didn't realize that it was him. Um, he plays Dr. Frank Mendel. He's the doctor who, like, I think gives her, like, the wine, air quote, air quote. But Savannah, I, uh, I had seen this movie many years ago, and this was your first time ever seeing the 77 version, right? Yeah, but I've heard a lot about it from you. What were your thoughts on it? I very much enjoyed it. It was um, like Valley of the Dolls meets The Shining meets How Sue. That's a really good, like, that's great. That's a really great way to tie it all in. Yeah, that's that's pretty perfect, I'd say. Thank you. I really enjoyed all of it. Um, I liked the anticipation, the buildup. Um the coloring for this movie. Oh my God. Yeah. I feel like I was in a rock opera. So <laughs> it was so good. I really liked it. Cause I think when you think witches, you think, Oh, was that a spoil? I'm no, I, I, I'm pretty. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. You're good. <laughs> I didn't mean to, all right. I think when you think witch, you think black cauldron, very American horror story, just the traditional, um, traditional things. But this kind of took that and spun it on, spun it on its head. There was just, red greens pinks um blaring rock music out of nowhere it was very good very disorienting i very much um enjoyed it um last thing i'll say is the set design for this movie is probably the best i've seen for a horror movie oh yeah and keep in mind too this was like a smaller budget horror movie and i think they did a really great job with having that budget spread not only with like the sets and everything but even um, like the special effects too were fantastic. Yes. Yeah. What What about you? When did you first watch this movie? I think I first watched this movie maybe when I was in high school. So probably about 14 I first saw it. And okay. I found it because I was scrolling through Tumblr, you know, good old Tumblr, the Tumblr days. <laughs> um, and I saw pictures of the set and the the imagery and the colors used and stuff. And I was like, wow, I've never seen a movie lit like that before. I've never seen that type of coloring in a movie before. So yeah. that's when I watched it. And I was like, holy crap, like this movie is is so original, not only in terms of like the subject, but the way that it's made as well. Like even I, I like you can definitely see like a lot of horror movies try to like yeah. kind of like represent it like or mimic it similarly, but it's never as intense as the original Argento version. Yeah. But yeah, I discovered it um, in high school. And um, one of like actually like a really cool quick story is that um, me and my uncle, like our common bond is this movie and the director because he loves foreign horror movies. Mm -hmm. And I remember one day I went in a record store and I found a Japanese pressed version of the soundtrack and I sent him a picture and it was really cool because, like, me and my uncle were, like, never, like, super, super close or anything like that, you know? Like, we were, like, always call each other for the holidays and stuff. How you doing, mm -hmm. kid? You doing good? You doing good? It's cool. Like, all that crap, you know? And, like, good crap, though. Um, but essentially, yeah, like, I sent him the picture. I was like, check this out. And he was, like, asked the, the person behind the desk if they would take my card over the phone. 
And I thought I was buying it for him and that I was going to ship it to him. And apparently, like, after the phone call, he was like, oh, okay, speak to Stephanie again and puts me back on the phone. You know, I get back on the phone with him and he goes, there you go. Enjoy it. And keep in mind, it was like a $100 record. I was not expecting it at all. And he, like, totally got it for me. And that so that one, I, the Suspiria has a little special place in my heart uh, really because sweet. of that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I really, I really enjoyed the movie. And also, um, I don't... I, I don't know if you even know this, but we, so let's talk about the soundtrack real quick. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack is amazing. It's done by Goblin, which was a rock, an Italian rock band. And what's pretty cool is that I believe Argento actually composed the entire, you know, soundtrack for Goblin to play. And um, during the making of Stephanie Conti's The Gathering, which you were a part of, this the theme for the movie was actually the inspiration for like the whispering in the scene of the crystal ball. You did tell me that a long time ago. That's yeah, crazy. when we first made it. So this also like this movie does have like a like a lot of special connections to me because I really really enjoy it. It's not one of my favorite movies of all time, but it's definitely one that I just thoroughly enjoy and have a lot of connections to. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. So yeah, because I, I that that theme as soon as you start you know you're i think that's what makes this movie so fantastic is because as soon as it starts and you hear that music you know you're up for something else because there's never been a soundtrack like that before and that's the reason why i say like oh when you said witch i don't think it was a spoiler because in the beginning like you know when it plays the theme you know in the song it actually goes witch witch just screams witch <laughs> right in like the first 10 minutes so that's why i don't think it's as much of a spoiler if you say witch okay <laughs> but hey, that soundtrack is so iconic it's so iconic and it's so good throughout the entire film it's not like oh just the theme's good and that's it it's a killer soundtrack throughout the way yeah absolutely and definitely one of the most uniques i think the only thing i could compare it to is the theme of the exorcist because the theme of The Exorcist is ba- like it was done by a rock musician. When keep in mind, the theme of The Exorcist is called Tubular Bells, and it was done by a rock musician when he was like seventeen. Wow! Like the guy was a kid, so that's the only thing I know because it has like those rock elements and stuff to it. But I think the soundtrack is absolutely like one of the best parts of this movie. I totally agree. So. The way that this movie starts is also really interesting, too, because you're kind of just thrown in the middle of something being spooky and weird. And I think it does a great job. It's actually pretty unsettling, like, and spoilers now, um, when the girl, her face is pressed against the glass, you know? Yeah. It starts off very crazy. Yeah. And even though the blood is not realistic, I do not know what cherry juice they use (laughs) for that pinkish blood or what pink grapefruit juice that they decided to use for this movie. The blood is not realistic and some of the effects are not realistic, but it's still extremely unsettling. I, I love it, though. It plays into this whole like fantasy thing, I think. Yes. Even though, like, the blood was not realistic, it was still, like, they did it in a way that was still really scary. Like, remember, this is 70s horror, so a lot of it is just not going to be, like, it is now. Like, you're going to look at some of it and be like, oh, okay. But it was scary. It's a scary – I think they do really well with anticipation in this movie. Like, figuring out what's going on, I think, in general, is scary. Also, every character in this movie is very creepy. Oh my god, the the women here are in like they are the most unique looking women and also <laughs> just the way that they act like it, it's so like there's no way you know that these women are not witches just from the get go because the way that they act like remember the scene where like you had the one girl like the main character Susie was in the middle and then the two were like arguing right in front of her face. And yeah. I forgot what they were saying, but they were like, maybe something like, liar, liar, right in this poor girl's <laughs> face, you know? No, and the, the, okay, the characters are strange, and then they look like they were at, like, Dracula's castle. Some of the rooms, she walks in, I know there's a scene where she's talking to, like, the headmistress or something, they have blue velvet on the walls. Oh, it, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Yeah, the set design was fantastic. But you it don't, was, it, okay, if I walk into somewhere with blue velvet on the walls, there's something else going on. 
you're doing that at <laughs> dance school. You know what I mean? Like you would, okay, I would be like, mm, what else is going on? This is not just for ballet. No ballet school in the history on this earth has had a blue velvet. Dude, I literally scared Zach because we watched this together. I scared him because as soon as I saw it, I just went, she wore blue. I just <laughs> sent the blue velvet theme out of nowhere and it scared the crap out of him. But yeah, like I, it, it's just so unique. And then also like the floral designs on the wall. And like when you turn the iris and, you know, all that stuff that attributes, it has like a full sense of whimsy. You know, it's very nonsensical, but very whimsical, you know, at best. I feel like that's a good word to describe this. It's like scary, but whimsful. It's very much how Sue, how Sue vibes. For sure, for sure. But how Sue has a little bit more, I think, at some point. Oh, sorry. That was my my Apple Watch. I accidentally clicked the button. (laughs) Um, But I think what how Sue has that this doesn't. how Sue's a little bit has a little bit more of a comedic side, you know, especially oh, when yeah. when Kung Fu is like blasting through the doors, you know, kicking vases out of the way. This is it it definitely gets really unsettling. I will say the director or casting director, whoever did the casting for this, really did a fantastic job finding young actresses that just look out of this world. Like the girl yeah. who plays Olga. With the dark hair and like she's got such sharp facial features. I mean, beautiful woman, but it definitely was like, oh, like even without the makeup and the set, this woman looked like a witch or a vampire, you know, like something like very like very mythical, you know? Yeah. Yep. So uh, I was now let me ask you this. What do you think of the casting for the main character, Susie? So I at first didn't really understand and then I read some trivia about how originally I don't remember if it was the director or the writer somebody wanted the girls to be children yeah Um, and they were like no not a good look so I think maybe he modeled or he did model I don't remember exactly what it said he modeled her very naive and kind of childlike Mm -hmm. so when I read that that made a little bit more sense to me but she was definitely very timid and I knew her character um was supposed to be like very like innocent and stuff but I don't know I think some of her reactions were a little lifeless yeah some of the things that were happening like her reaction didn't really like add up I I think that's also attributed to the fact that this entire movie is dubbed like even that's true there's no Italian version of this movie. This is the only version, you know? So I think that also plays into effect because it's really, and I will say this, I've never seen an Italian film that's supposed to center around an American sound nothing more like a British film. Like all these women don't have, like, and keep in mind, it takes place in Germany. No one has a German accent except the one lady who uh, who has like the blonde hair and stuff like that. The One of the ballet teachers. That's it. She's the only convincing German in this movie. Everyone else, their accent, it's just vaguely European. It's there's no specific dialect or anything. And sometimes, like, even like the main actress who's supposed to be playing an American, her accent did not sound American at all. I didn't know who was what. I'll be honest. I was I knew she was American because she says it at one point, but Everybody. It, it was still was very, weird because for like, a '70s film, everyone was kind of still doing like the transatlantic accent. Yes, I was culturally confused the whole time. <laughs> it, it was just yeah, so weird because like especially when she says like I'm American, it's like I am American, and it's like okay, <laughs> like it just it didn't flowed properly. I think it was because maybe you just did have a myriad of cast members who were who were Italian, German, English, and all this stuff, and I think. Like the dubbing, they all just try to do the same accent, if that makes any sense. I, but the dubbing, I, I think, I think adds that effect. And I think, sadly, the only one of the few downsides to this movie is that the dubbing does take away some serious seriousness away from the film. Yeah, a little bit. It, it's very distracting at certain points. Yeah, it was. You know, it adds it's adds charm to the movie, but it does take away like the overall seriousness and stuff like that. Luckily, I don't think it came across as cheesy, but it definitely it, it added it, it just I don't know how else to describe it. It just kind of took away from the seriousness of it. 
Yeah, I understand. I could see that. Um, other characters I thought were good. I really liked um the blind piano player. Yes. I thought yeah, I he too. actually had some of the best acting, especially when um, you know, I think her name was like Frau. I could be wrong, the Frau. German one. I'm thinking Frau Farbissena from uh Austin Powers. But the blonde woman, um, I gotta look up her name. I just I don't think she has a picture on her profile. That's why I'm having a hard time. Um, uh, but yeah, the she um comes and yells at the the piano player because his dog like had bit like well wait yeah who was this little boy in like the little you know Switzerland outfit he was he turned out to be one of them no I didn't think so I just thought he was like a I thought little, he was like that I thought he was snitch. like the little berries and cream boy of the movie <laughs> I thought he was the snitch I don't know so I there, mean, that wasn't clear. Yeah, no, that 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 was a little bit. And then also some people's involvement, like for a movie that's about witches, we really didn't see any witchcraft. Okay. Just maggots and death. I think okay, so I'll I'll say this. I watched the remake. Okay. And one of the problems I had with the remake is there is too much going on. Too much going on. And a lot of the times it felt like the 1977 version was like a fleshed out version of the 2018 version. Okay. So at first I was a little bummed that we didn't get to see a lot of witchiness, but after watching the 2018, like there is it, such it would have been overload. I think with overload? all like the 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 soundtrack, the the sets and everything like that, and then adding an intricate plot and all this stuff might have been really overwhelming for a film. I think that's what the problem with the 2018 for me is. I think, first of all, the 2018 one is two and a half hours. Dang. And it's a lot of, like, weird-ass slide plots. And it was a lot. And they had the horror aspect. Suspiria, this version, I think the greatness about it is its subtlety. And the fact that you can kind of digest it all and still, like, you get a little taste of spookiness. But the overall movie is very interesting. So... Although we didn't get to see like witchy witchy whatever, I do prefer that over like uh, them cramming it down my throat. And I think that says a lot about a movie. I think the fact that this movie that has, it, even though it does have plot holes, it is missing a little bit. It still is, you know, in basing off your opinion of the movie, since I haven't seen it, it still is better than a newer movie. And that still says yeah. a lot, you know, that still says that even though we want to know more, that going the simplistic route was a little bit better than going, you know, the more drawn out two and a half hour version. So, yeah. I, and normally, I'm, like, with, I think it's a little bit different. I, I always feel like I'm always given horror movies a pass because. When I okay. watch a horror movie, the intent is not like I. I always know when I watch a horror movie, I'm not going to get a well thorough plot. That's interesting. That's like interesting. if you notice, like this was the same type of idea, uh, like idea that we had with um, a Nightmare on Elm Street, where there could have been more, but there's also at the end of the day so much going on. You know, maybe That's there just couldn't. But like same thing with like point. Very like, good point. You know, Jaws could have a little bit more to the plot and stuff like that in terms of character development. Um, like all these slasher films, Halloween and things like that. Like, yes, they'll all mention like, oh, yeah, you know, kid was sent to a sanitarium as a kid and he lost his knockers. <laughs> like, yeah, like I get that, but a little bit more, you know, at least I'm always that type of person who wants a little bit more. I totally agree. That's a very good point to bring up. I think. Even when you look at some of the newer movies. So one of the movies that, speaking of this, that did a really good, um, I lost my thought. I'm sorry. Continue. <laughs> I don't know what happened. You're good. Uh, you happened. were talking about movies that oh. do. Okay. Malignant. I just saw Malignant. It's not a serious plot, but it was one of the first horror movies that brought back like the, the kind of the 80s monster genre. Mm -hmm but also gave a really interesting backstory and plot. So. I have I not seen like Malignant yet. We were actually going to do Suspiria with Malignant, but I couldn't get to Malignant. So sorry about that, guys. No, no. My point was 
I think we're maybe starting to turn a corner with that. Now, I don't know if we're going to ever get like a full-fledged serious horror movie with a good background story, but after seeing Malignant, I think we're going to get more intricate plots. I will say there is one. There is one horror movie, and it's The Thing, because you get the science. They literally do a little, you know, PDF-type explanation with the little markers and how things works and stuff like that. That's where, I, and I think that's why it's one of my favorite horrors, a horror movies of all time, because it does a good job at explaining things. I think that's why you'll like Malignant, because a part of it did remind me of The Thing. Ooh, okay. Now I got, uh, now it's been, it's prioritized now. It's not serious though. Okay, that's That's the one thing you have to go in. Like, it's not like, they still kind of have like the cheesy this and that, but there are aspects of the movie that remind me of the thing. So don't go into it thinking you're going to get this serious movie because it's very far from it. Okay, okay. And I think that's why maybe, because that's what I've heard. I think that's why maybe it didn't, it wasn't as received as well because a lot of people were like, waiting for like another paranormal activity, you know, where, you know, baby's in the carriage and mom is like losing her head in the corner of the room and it's terrifying, <laughs> you know? I think maybe that's why Malignant got, uh, I feel like Malignant, the way, way people think about it is so split. People either think it's boring or it's like the next big thing. I think it was a lot of misadvertisement. Gotcha. It advertised itself as paranormal activity when it's nowhere near paranormal activity or The Conjuring. And I think people got mad about it. Which I understand. If you're going in thinking it's one thing, it's always disappointing when you find out it's not that thing you wanted to see. Mm -hmm. So I think, truthfully, they kind of screwed up in how they marketed their movie. Gotcha. Okay. But I I think that's, I I just feel like I always, and I don't know if this is like bad movie reviewing etiquette. I always feel like I give a pass to horror movies when it comes to plot. Because I'm like, oh, it's it's just, it's meant to be spooky. It's not meant to be- That's why we get like, no, a lot of people do. That's why we get like Paranormal Activity 9 (laughs) and like Saw 15. The Purge 42. That's why Michael Myers has come back for 50 years. Jamie Lee Curtis never sleeps. (laughs) Are you kidding me? They really said, oh no, we're going to forget all, like, I think it was what they forgot about Halloween, like with the new Halloween series, because I haven't seen the new Halloween series. But they literally said, hey, everything after Halloween 2 doesn't exist anymore. And then they jumped back into it. But this is the only genre. Can you imagine if a drama did that? Or like a romance? Oh, your husband died. It's just Hunger Games. It's like, forget about Mockingjay. Forget about it. We're rewriting it. It's literally (laughs) the only genre that can get away with nonsense. Mm -hmm. Absolute, like, no sense. This is the genre for it. If you want to make a film, in fact, if you want to make 10 films, that are in the same theme, no sense whatsoever, make a horror movie. Yeah, didn't they do a Freddy and Jason in space? Oh, God, did they? I think it was in space. See, for what? For what? <laughs> you know? I I don't know. How you know, I can't there? answer that. <laughs> yeah, I think it's Jason 10. Yeah. Yeah, Jason Voorhees returns uh, with a new Jason. look, new machete, and his same murderous attitudes as he is awakened on a spaceship. <laughs> How did he get? I'm not watching it. I it's can't fine. Deal with it's that. the tenth. Are, how do you really have time to watch ten move ten <laughs> horror movies with just the same character over and over again? Like I know some people are really into that stuff. People will say like, "Oh, you know, d- you know, Friday the Thirteenth number two is better than the first one," or things like that. You know, or number five. Like, I get it. But it even took me a while to get through Harry Potter. I, I like just, Harry Potter. What was that? I do like Harry Potter. Oh, I thought you said I don't like. I was like, did you lie to me when I just saw you and you told me you liked it? No, I love it. And But the thing about Harry Potter, at least it made sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like, oh yeah, how does this one person who drowned in the river as a child <laughs> keeps coming back? <laughs> Yeah, did yeah. That's what Jason dr- drowned in the river, right? I think so. I'm gonna be honest with you. I only played the Friday the Thirteenth video game. I you know. I only know so much. I do. I I think I seen the first one. That's it. That's where I draw the line. Yeah, you know. I can't, I it's can't just so. I, it's so crazy how they can keep just going on. You know, there's a Sharknado six coming out eventually. Maybe seventh. I don't know how far we are along with those. Why do you think that is? Like, why do you think people put up with this? Is it just because of the thrill? 
Is it just because like it's fun? What do you think? What is your theory? Because I, I don't know. I think horror movies are fun, but don't we all have limits? <laughs> I <laughs> Honestly, guess not. The first thing I thought was that just Tara Reid needs a job. That's the only <laughs> reason why I thought. But I, like, I think it's just a little like subculture thing, you know? Why did they make three psychos? Why did they make three poltergeists? Why did I watch all of them? You Isn't know, three psychos. Yeah, at least I think three. Why? I think three. Because Anthony Perkins needed to do something. Like, it, I think that's really it. I think it's just they have the money. These actors, you know, oh, they're willing to do know it. There was a psycho remake with oh. Vince Van or something. Can we talk fun? about how it was done by Gus Van Sant, the same guy <laughs> who did? Um, this is how you know you've made it in Hollywood when you make Goodwill Hunting and you have enough money to just make an identical copy of Psycho without changing anything except the actors. That's hilarious. Like, that's just what Gus Van Sant did. He was just like, all right, whatever. Yeah, there was Psycho 2. Maybe it was only two Psychos. I thought it was three. Maybe it's three with the remake. There is three. There is three. The third one was an 86. How old was he then? Oh, God. He 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 looks wrinkled on the cover, so he's probably <laughs> old. He oh, died why? 10 years later. He was 50 when he did Psycho 3. What's the plot? What happens? They don't Nor- catch him? They catch him the first time. Norman Bates falls in love with a nun. You're not. You're lying to me. Nope, it's a nun. It's a nun. Who greenlighted that? Um, <laughs> Anthony Perkins himself directed it. Oh, Anthony Perkins, man. I. He's a national treasure, but you got to know when to stop. Did he direct the second one, too? No, he didn't direct the second one, but he did direct the, the third one. The second one? I'm looking it up right now. It doesn't have bad reviews. You know, I just... I, it, you know, and like I said, too, I even watched I even watched Poltergeist 2 and 3. And let me tell you right now, they sucked. The minute Spielberg left that project, it tanked. It yeah. tanked completely. And poor little, little uh, what was her name? Heather. She got sick during the third one and ended up dying. Oh, God. They made her do it again? Well, remember she, well, I don't know if you've seen the third one, but in the third one, she actually, slid. so she didn't die directly, but she had severe Crohn's disease. And there was a scene where she was like submerged in water for a while and she ended up developing pneumonia from it. But she, because already having complications with Crohn's disease and stuff oh, like that, she ended up like passing away after the third movie. She was like 12. Oh my God. Yeah. But it's it, it just like, they weren't good. It's like, you did all that for what? <laughs> so I, it's just, and like, I'm sure some people just love them. Like, I'm going to tell you right now, Tremors 2 has a soft spot in my heart. Not even the first one with Kevin Bacon. The What's second tremors? one. What's Tremors? You know? <laughs> it's just, I, I grew up in that type of like. What is it? I don't know what it is. Oh, it's like, oh my God. What's, do you remember from SpongeBob, the Alaskan bullworm? It's like that, but a horror movie. <laughs> That's literally it. It's the Alaskan bullworm, but. <laughs> the, the horror movie worm? version With tremors worms? is about like these giant worms that live underground and then they pop up kevin bacon was in the first one that sounds ridiculous it's great though the first one's good the second one's good everything else after that is bad i just really liked it when they learned how to fly the worms yeah you know <laughs> evolution you know that concept evolution but yeah like there's okay. just so many like i i think it's just because you know after sometimes especially if you really love a trilogy like i love poltergeist they released two and three. They sucked me in and I watched them because I yeah. love the original. And you hope. You just have hope. You have to dream and hope it's good. You know, I think it's because of what Godfather, you know, everyone hopes that the sequel that they're going to watch their favorite movie is going to be a Godfather part two. And let me tell you right now, it's never a Godfather part two. It's always a Godfather part three every time. <laughs> <laughs> every single oh, time. You know what? What other sequels are good? Think about it. I'm, I'm trying to think. What are, What is another sequel that's... Legally, I think I have to say Jay and Tyler Bob reboot. <laughs> Legally. That's a reboot, though. <sighs> Come on. Reboot. reboot. Sequel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, because I think... Obviously, The Godfather is probably the best one. But are there any other ones? 
that are just as good as the original. I don't know. I, can't I am not. Right now. I am not sure about that. You know, and, and it's and that's how you know. Like, it's usually not because usually after the first one, people don't intend. Like, Poltergeist was never intended on being like a series or anything. You know, and that's when like the main people go, "All right, no, I'm not going to be a part of this." And they go, "Fine, we're going to get this guy because we can replace you with just some dude on the street." And then that's why <laughs> it's, it's garbage. You know. Um, I don't know. I cannot think of any. Like, the only thing, not sequels, but, like, prequels and sidequels. Like, I think, um... Sidequels, okay. Like, like obviously, like, you with the Sopranos movie. Like, as, like, companion films. I think El Camino to Breaking Bad or yeah. um, even um, the Kingdom movie, Ashen of the North. Those are, like, good. I just, I don't know any direct sequel. Well, okay. You can count Marvel movies, the Dark Knight trilogy... But are those sequels or are they just like sidequels? Definitely, I think because some. Because I feel of, like a lot of maybe Marvel is just continuations, not direct sequels. Because I feel like the stuff with the Dark Knight even is kind of like it's not a con- a direct continuation, right? I don't think so. H- half like it kind of is, kind of isn't type of thing because like. It's weird because it's kind of like new people are introduced, you know, whereas like with The Godfather, it's all the same people all over again, you know? Well, what constitutes as a sequel? Oh my God, girl. I (laughs) Now I'm confused because I feel like I thought a sequel has to be with like majority of the same people. Yeah. I don't feel like Batman. So you're telling me Batman got done with the Dark Knight and then he just fought Bane two seconds later? Well, yes, there's obviously timeline issues, of course, and stuff, but that it that would be considered a sequel, in my opinion, because you're bringing back Batman, you're bringing back Alfred, you're bringing back female characters, you're bringing back all this stuff, you know? I guess. I don't know. I don't really like superhero movies. Like, okay, well, Spider-Man, Green Goblin, he's throughout. Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2 is a good sequel people claim to be, and I think so, too. I think Spider-Man 2. Paddington 2. <gasps> Paddington 2 is the best kids movie. I'm the gonna number Paddington one, for Halloween, the, everybody. You're going as Paddington for Halloween? Yeah. <laughs> I what love that. Stop. He's <laughs> I follow his Twitter. And there's just another Twitter about him that pretends to be Paddington. And it's just like, You'll Paddington go as Paddington. Paddington. I'll go as Citizen Kane. I'll go as Orson Welles. <laughs> it's just the one of the Twitter pages of Paddington is just like Paddington had a severe panic attack today. And it's just, like, him having, like, mental issues. Oh, my God. I have to look that up. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I'm going as Paddington, and then I'll go as Marvel's Mrs. Maisel to even it out. Gotcha. Oh, another good sequel, um, Twin Peaks and Twin Peaks The Revival. I'm consider that a sequel. Good. That's good. Even though it's a TV show, it's good. Uh-huh. But... Yeah, um, that was very far from Suspiria, <laughs> though, and the main we movie we were talking about. <laughs> we went from Suspiria all the way to us talking about possibly doing a Paddington Bear and Orson Welles <laughs> photo shoot. <laughs> I don't think anyone would get it. I don't think anyone would understand. <laughs> That's the, the beauty. We got to confuse everyone. <sighs> kind of really want to do that right now but i have to i have to oh my god listen i have the costume so you just let me know i'll get back to you on that because that really <laughs> sounds really great if i dressed up as orson wells that'd be really funny let me know that'd be really really funny mm-hmm. but anyways um overall suspiria and everything like that we talked about the music we talked about the acting we talked about the actual you know writing and stuff like that how there's a little bit of plot holes but we do think that you can have a little bit more we let we lay we we way what's the word leeway leeway thank you we way <laughs> leeway when it comes to horror movies and stuff because i think it's just a different objective call that bad movie criticism we don't care um but overall like i think suspiria is a really enjoyable movie and i i think it's also greatly paced as well absolutely i think the anticipation that the movie builds i'll be honest sometimes you can get slow Ooh. Excuse me. <laughs> Sometimes it could get a little slow. Um, I feel like the movie, because it's dubbed, it doesn't take advantage of a lot of dialogue. Yeah. But the anticipation is great. The characters are creepy. 
the movie is a rock concert, rock opera, and everything about it, like set design, is very terrifying. So it is worth the watch. What is your favorite scene? I think the beginning is stellar. Um, the ending is pretty good too. I so let me ask you a question. I was kind of confused on what happened. Mm-hmm. I watched the other one and I got a little bit more clarity, but I I didn't understand the whole when I first watched this one. Her likes running away and smiling. What does that mean? Um, I think maybe. Um, is she you know, happy? <laughs> She's a witch. Now? I wonder the same. I think maybe so, maybe not. I think that's where kind of like the lore is missing, because. It could be because, like, maybe she was free. Maybe she was no longer feeling bad because, remember, she was feeling sick. Maybe once she had, uh, you know, killed them, she was feeling a lot better, Um, especially when she was not drinking the the wine, air quote, air quote, which I'm pretty sure was just blood that they were (laughs) like. She was just drinking their blood, honestly. Um, Also, why was she targeted? Um, In this movie, I don't know. I, it was just, I just realized that. Are all the other people witches, or do they know that they're working for witches? Like, there was a lot of... Like, we see the one girl, um, Olga, in the beginning, and she's like, oh, yeah, you could stay at my place if you ever need. Um, once again, with that weird transatlantic accent. And then we never see her again. <laughs> yeah. Um... We just kind of see the invisible witch, and then she shows for, like, a brief second... She was very an- antagonizing. She was like, you'll never find me, and then dies like two minutes later. <laughs> I always, I thought that maybe it was because like she saw what she saw in the beginning and she kept like pressing and asking for questions about her. Yeah. The, the one girl. That's the only thing I can think of because other than that, the other women were a lot more, for lack of better words, interesting. Yes. So it wouldn't make sense otherwise why they would just be like, it's her. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. It, it definitely, I, I wonder if maybe all of them, like, in the end, was Susie a witch? Was she turning into a witch? Did she turn into a witch at the end? There's a lot of plot holes when it comes to that. Uh, what's your personal theory? Like, what do you think that means? Um, I mean, they did talk about how, like, when you kill a witch, you gain her power. So I think by default, she's probably going to be a witch. Do I think at the end of the movie, she knows that and she's all happy about it? Based on the character, I don't see any reason why she would like have any ambition of being a witch. Yeah, you know, it like- It kind of seems like she fell into it like on accident and like in the movie, she kind of did. So- I don't know if she's super hyped about her new life, you know? Like I I just based on how timid the character was, no, I don't think so. I don't think she like was super I think honestly like it. in the end it was just the witches were killed, whatever was restraining her, you know, honestly as a human being living healthily because she was just having a myriad of health issues like us relatable. Um I think she just felt good in the end. I think she was just no longer anemic in the end and that was her that was her you know she was just set free stop (laughs) her friends never found her little friend that she met for like three days disappeared gone she went to who was that guy she went to was it the psychiatrist okay he wasn't a police at first i was like are you that was a police officer there and it's like oh no i'm a psychiatrist i was like which by the way why would you tell that to somebody yeah before she died, she was, like, hallucinating. Like, I wouldn't – I don't know the rules after the person, your patient dies, but I don't know if you could just be, like, spreading their business on the street either. Yeah, I uh, don't know. I'm going to ask my therapist. So <laughs> – I'm going to be like, hey, if I die, are you going to be, like, talking about me? So, um, also, uh, I don't know if there is a direct – sequel but apparently this is part of a like a dario argento trilogy oh okay i didn't know that where i think from what i read here um yeah apparently there's a movie called inferno 
by Dario Argento because it says that a person plays a cab driver in this film also plays it in its sequel, Inferno. But it doesn't look like any of the main people returned except um, maybe some of the older characters. Interesting. And what's that movie about? So Inferno is about an American college student in Rome and his sister in New York investigate a series of killings in both locations where the residents are domains of two covens of witches. It's like oh, more witches. copy paste in Rome and in New York. They're everywhere now. This is like a Gremlins 2, which, by the way, is a great sequel. But <laughs> like this is the Gremlins 2 of that where they just bring it to New York. So, OK, so maybe it's just the same network of witches. I think so, because one of the women does look like, uh, maybe one or two of the characters look familiar from, like, the first one. But it overall, it does seem like, oh, like a um, trilogy. Okay, that's, that's cool. Yeah, let um, me actually double check this, because I just didn't know. I've only known of Suspiria. Like, I didn't know that it was a continuation. Uh, I didn't either. I mean... I guess because it's not like, maybe it's just not not an announced sequel. Like, it's not. um, So apparently there's Suspiria, Inferno, and then there's one called The Mother of Tears. And Mm. it's called The Three Mothers Trilogy. So the whole thing is called The Three Mothers Trilogy by uh, Dario Argento. And it goes Inferno and then Mother of Tears, which is a much newer film that actually stars... Dario Argento's daughter, Asia Argento. Interesting. I definitely think we have to check that out because that looks very interesting. I like the director as uh, I I am a fan of like his stylistic and stuff. I just never get the chance to like, I never see any of his stuff like available on Netflix or anything like that. I'm sorry. Um, I was going to say, I was was just about to say something. I was like, dang, that's a long pause. Did my Wi-Fi go out? I muted myself for a second. I was about to, I I said, um, I saw Suspiria on Tubi. Yeah, but I don't know if they have any of the other, like, of his other filmographies. Like, the only other one that I know, because I have the soundtrack to, because once again, it's Goblin, I believe, is a one called Tenenbra. Ooh, okay. Yeah. And it looks like it stars a lot of the same people from, but yeah, Tenenbra is an American writer in Rome, is stalked and harassed by a serial killer who is murdering everyone associated with his work in his latest book. I haven't seen That's that one, but it sounds really good. Cool. That, that sounds, sounds really good. Cool. Yeah, it looks like, oh, did he really do that? What? Oh, Dario Argento is one of the writers for Once Upon a Time in the West. Very cool. Yeah, it looks like he started out doing more spaghetti westerns before he got into horror. That's super interesting. All right. Yeah, I got to check out more stuff from him because I I really wish I would have thought a movie like this or maybe some of his other films would have been like criterion worthy stuff. Maybe not in the collection, but maybe on the channel. Suspiria is not? I don't believe so. I would have thought. Suspiria, at least. Yeah. All right, so overall, would you own this movie on DVD, and what is your overall rating of the film? Um, I give it a 8.9 out of 10. 8.9 out of 10? Um, I'd probably give it an 8. 8.0. 8.0 cool. out of 10. Because I do, I wish, you know, especially since it's such a unique plot, I wish we got a little bit more from it. But overall, the the soundtrack, the the whole experience of the film, and the the directing totally makes up for it, in my opinion. And yeah. I totally would own it on DVD. And I'd honestly think it would be cool if they made like a special edition for it. Yeah, for sure. All right, so that is it for that review. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, as always, thank you to Sensei David and Homeboy James. And if you would like to learn how to get a little shout out, check out our almost said Redbubble. I don't know why I want to say We gotta do Redbubble red now. We have to. Uh, we do. Check out our Patreon listed down below. And I believe next time we will be continuing, you know, our little spooky fest. 
Um, with I can't remember which horror movie are we doing next. When's Freak Week? Soon. <laughs> soon. Uh, I don't remember. Oh, I wrote it down somewhere. Hold on. Oh, yes. We have one more film before we get into Freak Week, and that is Let the Right One In. Oh, I'm so excited. Did you ever see that one? We saw it together. Yes, we did a few years ago. Forgot about that. Sorry. But yes, I'm excited to see it again because I think it's been since that last time since I've seen it. Yeah. So... Go catch up on that movie. I don't know where it is, but I'm sure you can find it somewhere. And if you want to see Suspiria, Suspiria is available for free with ads on Tubi. You don't need an account or anything. You just watch it there. Um, Yeah, and we will see you guys next time for episode 72 when we talk about Let the Right One In. Bye. Bye. Bye.